It's only seventh heaven if you win. Down three games to one, Minnesota battled back to force game seven, but they weren't able to win it over Vegas in the first playoff series between the teams. Don't let the game seven final score fool you. This series was as close as they come. Here's a recap and analysis of the West Division playoff series that if you listen to the podcast, you know that I absolutely wanted to see. Wild Knights, indeed. Central Division Hockey, the podcast, and the Vegas versus Minnesota NHL first round West Division playoff recap podcast. The winner, Vegas, four games, Minnesota three games, best of seven playoff series. That goes the distance. As I said off the top in this recap, you will find out just how close the battle between Vegas and Minnesota that went the distance was. Without question, this was the best first round playoff series between two teams this year. These teams meeting in the playoffs was the West Division matchup I wanted to see the most. It did not disappoint from start to finish. First, we will recap the games and then follow with analysis of the series using the preview breakdown and keys. Game 1 recap, Minnesota 1, Vegas nothing in overtime in Vegas. The game-winning goal, 3-20 into overtime. A defensive zone turnover by Vegas' Alex Petriangelo allows Minnesota to keep the offensive zone, get the puck down low to the slot where Minnesota's Joel Eriksson-Eck net front shot deflects off of Vegas defenseman Alec Martinez skate in an attempted shot block and through Vegas goalie Mark andre Fleury 5-hole. No other goals in the game's big saves. Minnesota goalie Cam Talbot, 432 left in the second stop. Vegas howitzer from Riley Smith, 759 in the third. Vegas Mark Stone through three Minnesota defensemen drives to the net and it's denied in the paint. 51 seconds left. Vegas's Jonathan Marsha show is stopped. Vegas goalie Flurry, 358 into the second. A glove save on Minnesota's Ryan Hartman in the slot. 513 left. A short side glove save on Minnesota's Nick Bukestad off the rush. 822 left in the third. He got a piece of Minnesota Hartman shot and made a glove save on Minnesota's Kevin Fiella with 809 left. 150 left. He stops Minnesota's Hartman on a partial breakaway. Minnesota goalie Talbot, 42 save shutout. For the overtime win, Vegas goalie Flurry one goal against 29 saves in the overtime loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays. 11 seconds left in the first. Vegas Chandler Stevenson put it off the post on the Vegas power play. Shots on goal 42 to 30 for Vegas. Block shots 23 13 for Minnesota. Hit 71 57 for Minnesota. Power play Minnesota 0 for 2. Vegas 0 for 3. Game analysis: big hits, block shots, and next level goaltending by both teams. Vegas goalie Flurry made more highlight reel saves, yet in more shots against him, it was Minnesota goalie. Cam Talbot, who grabbed the shutout in a 42-save performance. Minnesota ends it in overtime, finally taking advantage of a Vegas defensive zone turnover and one of their quality scoring chances with Erickson X, overtime game-winning goal winner. 
Game two recap, Vegas three, Minnesota one in Vegas. The game-winning goal, a tie game late in the second with 2.41 left. Vegas's Alex Tuck from the slot lifts the puck blocker side in on Minnesota goalie Cam Talbot, set up by a backhand pass from Vegas's Matthias Janmark from behind the net after Alex Petrangelo's shot off the rush went off of Minnesota goalie Talbot's glove. Other goals, Minnesota opens the scoring with 7.53 left in the second. Matt Dumba's point shot through a net front screen beats Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury, far side corner. After, Minnesota wins a puck battle in the Vegas defensive zone on the sideboards to set it up. 18 seconds after Vegas get a goal with 7.35 left. Off the rush, Jonathan Marshall show from the dot wires a wrister short side roof posting in. 52 seconds left in the third, Vegas get insurance power play goal as Chandler Stevenson off the offensive zone entry sauces it while going around the net. Two tuck for his second put short side. Minnesota Krill Kaprizov tripped Vegas's Marsha show in the neutral zone to put Minnesota shorthanded. Big saves, Vegas goalie Fleury, 4-12 into the first, stops Minnesota's Ryan Hartman net front, 8-20 left, save and rebound stop on Minnesota's Kevin Fiala, and three seconds later on Minnesota's Victor Rass rebound try. 2-06 in, gets a piece of his glove on Minnesota's Fiala's shot from the wing, 8-21 in, shot and rebound save on Minnesota's Joel Erickson Eck off the rush, 9-26 into the third, stops Minnesota's Fiala off the cycle, and on a backhand chance, 8-13 left, Minnesota's Fiala's slot shot stopped. And 255 left, Walker save on Jarrett Spurgeon's point blast. Minnesota goalie Talbot, 7-15 into the first, save on Vegas's tuck net front tip. 104 left, poke check on Vegas's tuck. 149 left in the second, stops Vegas's Petriangelo from the slot. 6.58 into the third, freezes puck laying in the crease after Vegas's Marsha Show tries to jam the puck net side off of his pad. Vegas goalie Fleury, one goal against, 34 saves in the win. Minnesota goalie Talbot, three goals against, 25 saves in the loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays, 4.48 into the third, Minnesota, two-on-one, Rastafiela, went off the crossbar shots on goal 35 28 minnesota block shots 26 20 for minnesota hits 63 to 46 for vegas the power play vegas one for two minnesota 0 for one game analysis minnesota outshot had more block shots and more quality scoring chances that vegas goalie flurry kept out of the net vegas did get a power play goal but it was a last minute insurance goal Really, it was Minnesota being outscored in the second period. That is a recurring theme from the regular season. Still, Minnesota had every opportunity to win, but Vegas goalie Flurry was equal to the task to give Vegas a win. Also, this series is about the team getting to play with the lead. Minnesota held a lead for 18 seconds. However, it was Vegas up a goal heading into the third. Game 3 recap, Vegas 5, Minnesota 2, and Minnesota. The game-winning goal, Vegas erased a two-goal deficit with a three-goal second period. The third Vegas goal with 2.27 left off the rush on a point-shot rebound. Vegas's Riley Smith on a second effort bats the puck past Minnesota goalie Cam Talbot. Other goals, 2.16 into the first, Minnesota opened the scoring off of a face-off win, and the cycle Minnesota's Krill Kaprizov finds Ryan Hartman backdoor for a net side, short side tap on Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury. 
8.30 in Minnesota goal off the cycle by Joel Erickson Eck. Put in blocker side low on a net front rebound on a point shot that is blocked before getting to the Vegas net. 6.55 left. Minnesota looked to add to the lead. Minnesota's Kevin Fiala off the forecheck puts the puck off Vegas goalie Flurry's far side pad from the dot, making a big rebound at Erickson Eck Potch short side. Vegas challenge for offside and win the challenge. No goal. 8.39 into the second, Vegas goal off the rush. Mark Stone from a soft spot in the slot puts it in above the pad under the blocker. 4.41 left, Vegas goal off the cycle. A point shot goes net front and to the slot where Vegas Patrick Brown's backhander is put up and in glove side. 2.24 left in the third, Vegas insurance goal, a two-on-one keep. William Carlson goes short side top corner after creating a Minnesota turnover at the Vegas blue line. 59 seconds left. Vegas adds an empty net goal. Stones a second from his own defensive zone. Big saves. Vegas goalie flurry. 524 into the second. Minnesota's Kaprizov net front tip is stopped. Seven minutes left. The save as Minnesota's Fiala spins and fires short side from the circle. 750 into the third. Minnesota's Marcus Foligno's backhand coming out from behind the Vegas net stopped in close. 937. Minnesota Foligno in alone has puck poke checked after a bounce off the sideboards before he can get a good shot on goal. 138 left, Minnesota's Jordan Greenway's bad angle shot gets pinned against the post and kept from going in by Flurry. Rest do a review to check on that one. Minnesota goalie Talbot, 635 into the first, save off the rush on Vegas's Jonathan Marshall show. 847 into the second, blocker save on Vegas's Will Carrier's rebound short side chance. 944 left, makes a far side pad save on Vegas's Marshall show from the slot. Vegas goalie Flurry, two goals against, 14 saves in the win. Minnesota goalie Talbot, four goals against, 35 saves in the loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays, 6.55 into the first, Minnesota's Marcus Johansson. Trip driving to the net by Vegas's Carlson, then also gets his skates onto the puck and goes hard into the post and falls hard on his arm. No penalty call on the play, and Johansson did not play for the game or hasn't since in the series. Not surprisingly, the NHL head of officials, Wes McCauley, is one of the game's officials. If you're wondering why I have to talk about the officiating, no surprise, his interjections at the wrong times and, well, in this case, lack of calls at others is typical to find out that he is one of the guys refing. Point is, if Johansson doesn't first have his feet taken from under him, he isn't then having the puck in his skates and then crashing into the crease and being injured. It wasn't as bad as the one game of the Carolina versus Nashville games or comparatively bad as the last Colorado versus St. Louis game that McCauley was a part of. But I do find it odd that he is always on the score sheet when you notice shit officiating. Or is that just me? I can't get fined by the league. So, yeah, fuck Wes McCauley for his non-call on that one. 156 left in the third. Minnesota crashed the Vegas net as the puck is gloved off the goal line and out of the crease by Vegas defenseman Alex Petrangelo after a backhand net front rebound chance by Minnesota's Erickson Eck. Shots on goal, 40-16 Vegas. Block shots, 2018 for Vegas. Hits, 31-29 for Minnesota. Power play, Minnesota 0-2, Vegas 0-5. 
Game analysis. In spite of having more penalties called against them, Minnesota, after 20, held a two-goal lead that, with more penalties and possession, swung to Vegas's advantage in a three-goal, 22-5 shot advantage for Vegas in the second period. Once Vegas had the lead, they are absolutely harder to play against. Minnesota couldn't generate more chances in the third, and although Vegas was 0 for the three extra penalties, they really could have been more equal in the game as far as the penalty distribution. And if it wasn't for those dang second period goal differentials costing many the game, off the rush goals by Vegas are hurting them. And the tilt here was also assisted by the officiating. Game four recap, Vegas four, Minnesota nothing in Minnesota. The game-winning goal after making a defensive zone net front clear, Vegas's Nicholas Waugh goes up the ice with speed and has a quick given goal with Keegan Colasar and off the rush puts it roof glove on Minnesota goalie Cam Talbot to open the scoring. Vegas's first goal would hold up to be the game winner. Other goals, 9-0-4 left in the first. Minnesota look to score. Joel Erickson X. Beats Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury with Marcus Foligno providing a net front screen. Vegas challenge for goalie interference. Based on Foligno's skate being in the crease, after review, it's no goal. Hard one to get called back for Minnesota, but they have, the NHL, been consistent during the playoffs on these goals not counting in the 6 of 8 series games that I've watched. 908 into the second Vegas goal by Alex Tuck, backhand to forehand while avoiding a poke check, put glove side lifted after splitting the Minnesota defense, getting a neutral zone touch pass from Chandler Stevenson. 619 left Vegas shorthanded goal after a turnover by Minnesota at the Vegas blue line. Vegas's Mark Stone, forehand deke to slide the puck in glove side on a breakaway. 128 left in the third. Vegas's Waugh gets his second of the game with an empty net goal just over center ice. Big saves. Vegas goalie Flurry 702 into the first stops Minnesota's Zach Parisi off the rush. 854 in makes a big save on Minnesota's Matt Zuccarello's blast after a Vegas defensive zone turnover. 531 into the second stops from the center slot chance. Minnesota's Kevin Fiala. 816 left save on Minnesota's Fiala's net front on the power play. 437 left blocker side, short side stop on Minnesota's Erickson Eck in alone on the power play. 24 seconds left blocker save on Minnesota's Eck in the high slot. 13 seconds left stops Minnesota Jared Spurgeon's point blast. 918 into the third stops backhand by Minnesota's Fiala after a Vegas defensive stick prevented a partial break shot and goal by Fiala. Minnesota goalie Talbot 314 into first stops a net front deflection by Vegas's Waugh. 8.45 left, a blocker save robs Vegas's Smith short side off of the rush. 4.26 into the third stops Vegas's Shea Theodore from the dot through traffic. Vegas goalie Flurry 35 saves, shutout win. Minnesota goalie Talbot, three goals against 14 saves and lost. Posts, crossbars, and big defensive plays. 3.59 into the first, Vegas's Zach Wyclout puts it off the short side post, circling out for a shot going around the back of Minnesota's net on the cycle. 6.19 in Minnesota's Felino Park net front, tips it just wide of the Vegas net on another good chance. 11.32 into the second, Vegas's White Cloud took a four-minute high-sticking penalty on Minnesota's Parisi that Vegas was able to kill off. Shots on goal, 35-18 Minnesota. Block shots, 19-12 Vegas. Hits, 35-32 Minnesota. Power play, 0-for-1 Vegas, 0-for-3 Minnesota. 
game analysis, Vegas goalie Flurry was full value in the shutout win. Vegas got the lead generated off the rush goals and continued their second period goal differential advantage. Minnesota deserved a better fate, but even if the one called back on Minnesota had counted, it's hard to say not much else would have beat Flurry. Certainly not the three-plus needed for Minnesota to have won the game. However, that said, you certainly, for a team now down 3-1 to one in the series, as Minnesota is at this point, at least to me, you knew Minnesota was going to continue to battle, and this series had a possibility to turn again if Minnesota didn't continue to get goalied by Flurry. Game 5 recap, Minnesota 4, Vegas 2 in Vegas. The game-winning goal with the score 2-1 to one Minnesota in the first and 326 left Minnesota goal off the rush Minnesota's Jordan Greenway shoots through the Vegas defenseman and goes to the net for the rebound on his second effort on the rebound net side Greenway jams the puck in short side as Vegas goalie Mark Andre Fleury doesn't cover the loose puck in his crease other goals, 8-14 into the first. Vegas opened the scoring off the rush. Vegas's Mark Stone's partial breakaway. Forehand over the pad under the blocker of Minnesota goalie Cam Talbot. 52 seconds later, Minnesota tie the game, 9-06 in. As Minnesota's Matt Zuccarello makes a dot-to-dot pass to Kirill Kaprizov, his wrister is put high corner short side. 8-03 left, Minnesota goal as Zach Parisi below and near the goal line banks it off of Vegas goalie Flurry, not on his short side post and into the net after a minnesota point shot went wide off the end bards to parisi 943 into the second vegas get a power play goal that cuts minnesota's lead to one on vegas's alex martinez one-timer from the dot short side shelf that lifts going off of minnesota's defenseman jonas brodin skate in a block shot attempt the vegas power play came on minnesota matt dumbo's delay of game puck over glass penalty 39 seconds left in the third minnesota empty net goal by nico sturm as he banks the puck off the neutral zone boards angled that it goes down the ice and into the empty net Big saves, Minnesota goalie Talbot, 9-12 left in the first stops. Vegas's Jonathan Marshall show from the circle, 57 seconds left. Save on Vegas's Alex Petrangelo's backhand from the slot. 440 left in the second stops. Vegas Alex Tuck from the slot. And at 429 gets a piece of the glove to save. Tuck's high short side try off the rush. 24 seconds left prevents Vegas's Marsha Show from banking it in from below the goal line after Marsha Show couldn't corral a pass in tight driving to the net front. 621 left in the third denies Vegas's Riley Smith short side net side. Vegas goalie Flurry 715 left in the second stops Minnesota's Nick Benino from the circle on Minnesota's lone shot on goal in the second period. 631 into the third stops Minnesota Zuccarello Rister from the dot on a Minnesota 3-on-2 rush. 11 seconds left save on Minnesota's Ryan Hartman's slot shot. Minnesota goalie Talbot, two goals against 38 saves for the win. Vegas goalie Flurry, three goals against 10 saves in the loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays, 10.45 left in the second. Vegas's Chandler Stevenson's shot gets through Minnesota goalie Talbot, five hole, but Minnesota's Marcus Foligno tucks it back under him as it sits in the paint. 5.21 left, Vegas's Tuck gets a pass on his tape, but he puts it wide going to the net. 4.15 into the third, Minnesota Greenway off the rush, blocked by Vegas's Shea Theodore, enough for the puck just to go off the mesh by the short side post. 
932 in minnesota's kaprizov wraparound is stopped by vegas's petriangelo's defensive stick to prevent a goal the shots on goal 40 to 14 for vegas block shots 23 to 13 for minnesota hits 48 to 44 for vegas power play minnesota no power plays vegas one for two Game analysis, a shot on goal advantage flip, yet favors the losing team in consecutive games. While Vegas score first, they don't play with the lead for more than a minute, and Minnesota is up two goals after the first. Vegas dominates the second in a 22-1 shot advantage, but come up with a lone power play goal for all the effort. Minnesota does enough to keep them from scoring in the third, and get a late insurance goal to seal it. This isn't exactly, I think, how the coaches of either teams have drawn up winning games in this series, but it's how it seems to be going. Vegas' skill off the rush didn't end up in the back of the net for Minnesota as much as it has in previous games, so that also helped Minnesota, who did get a strong performance in net from their goalie Talbot. Game 6, recap, Minnesota 3, Vegas 0 in Minnesota. The game-winning goal, 4-21 into the third. Minnesota opened the scoring on a 2-on-1. Minnesota's Kevin Fiella makes a cross-seam pass to Ryan Hartman, who lifts it roof from the low circle as Vegas goalie Marc-Andre Fleury can't slide across to make the save. Other goals, 8-55 into the third. Vegas goal is called off by the rest. Off the cycle, Chandler Stevenson goes far side over the pad under the blocker on Minnesota goalie Tam Talbot with Vegas' Alex Tuck in the crease. Officials on the ice rule it no goal for goalie interference. Vegas challenge the on-ice call, and after review, it is still no goal. Minnesota keeps a 1-0 lead, and Vegas get a delay of game penalty. 9.35 in on that Minnesota power play. Minnesota power play goal by Kevin Fiela's top of circle wrister through a Minnesota net front, but not in the crease screen just in case you were wondering 443 left minnesota goal a backhand pass for minnesota's nico sturm springs and nick bukestad and as vegas goalie flurry attempts a poke check bukestad tucks it under him blocker side as flurry sprawls out trying to make the save Big saves, Minnesota goalie Talbot, 3.22 into the first, a save on Vegas Tuck off the rush. Three seconds left, a save on Vegas's Jonathan Marshall from the top of the circle off of a Vegas faceoff win. 4.55 into the second, stops Vegas's Tuck driving to the net short side. 6.54 in, stops Vegas's William Carlson's short side net front try. 6.31 left, save on Vegas's Nicholas Waugh from the circle on a Vegas 3-on-2. 6.43 into the third stop, Vegas's Shea Theodore's point shot and makes a rebound pad save on Vegas's Tanner Glass. 6.53 left, makes a pad stop on Vegas's Theodore's wraparound. Vegas goalie Furry, 42 seconds left in the first, a pad save on Minnesota's Victor Raskin alone. 33 seconds left, stops Minnesota's Matt Zuccarello at the top of the paint. 9-12 into the second, makes a glove save on Minnesota's Zuccarello's shot from distance. 4-21 into the third, stops Minnesota's Bukestad from the circles on his short side try. And 9-08, a glove save on Minnesota's Fiala from the circle on a Minnesota power play. Minnesota goalie Talbot, 23 save shutout, win his second shutout of the playoffs. Vegas Goy Flurry, three goals against 21 saves for the loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays, 344 into the second. Minnesota's Krill Kaprizov drives to the net but loses the handle on the puck. 
so he doesn't get a shot on goal. 7.48 in Minnesota's Marcus Foligno hit Vegas's Zach Whitecloud that it takes out the glass paneling in the Minnesota defensive zone and it needs to be repaired before play resumes. 8.40 left in the third, Minnesota's Joel Erickson X steals a puck in the Vegas defensive zone but is stripped of it and crashes into the Vegas post hard. He left the game but did return to finish the game. Fights, Vegas's Alex Martinez chases down Minnesota's Matt Dumba to fight with 7.16 left in the second. Minnesota's Dumba made a clean open ice hit on Vegas's tuck just inside the Vegas defensive zone. Vegas's Martinez didn't get an obvious instigator penalty, and because he wasn't the player hit, it's just simply another missed call by the officials in this series. Shots on goal, 24-23 Minnesota. Block shots, 18-11 Minnesota. Hits, 25-18 Minnesota. Minnesota, 1-for-1 on the power play. Vegas, 0-for-1 on the power play. Game analysis, closest game from a shot on goal perspective through the six games between the teams. Minnesota looked to limit the off-the-rush chances Vegas gets, and Minnesota goalie Talbot made the big required stops when they did have chances. Although Minnesota didn't score more than Vegas in the second, they held Vegas off the scoreboard in that period as well. And Vegas has dominated this series in goal differential in the second period. The result, three hard-working goals for Minnesota getting past Vegas goalie Flurry, while Minnesota played defensively strong, so Minnesota goalie Talbot picks up his second shutout and Minnesota forces the series to the seven-game limit. I should add, Minnesota's power play goal is their first special teams goal in the series as they go one for one in this game. That they only had one power play is kind of what's starting to be expected by the refs in this series. Game 7 recap, Vegas 6, Minnesota 2 in Vegas. The game-winning goal with the game tied at 2 before the midway point of the game. Vegas's third goal would put them ahead for good. Vegas's Chandler Stevenson gets to a puck on a hard dump in rim around first and down along the sidewall he puts a pass to the slot for Vegas's Max Pacioretty playing his first game of the series and his first game since May 1st of the regular season. Pacioretty's one-timer beats Minnesota goalie Cam Talbot five hole. Other goals, 5.09 into the first, Vegas open scoring. Vegas chipped the puck, and Minnesota defense can't contain the bouncing puck on the Vegas forecheck. Vegas's Matthias Janmark creates a defensive zone takeaway for a breakaway. He goes backhand, forehand, and lets it go off of his stick with the momentum to slide by the pad and in. 3.11 left, Minnesota goal as Zach Parisi parked net front back to the net where he taps a backhander through his legs to beat Vegas goalie Mark andre Fleury off a point shot wrister by Ryan Suter. 209 into the second after Minnesota icing, Vegas goal off a faceoff win, Vegas's Nicholas Hags point shot wrister deflects off a Minnesota stick and goes short side and in. 435 in Minnesota power play goal, Kirill Kaprizov, low circle, goes short side on a pass from below the goal line from Matt Zuccarello. Vegas's Ryan Reeves took an interference penalty in Minnesota's defensive zone, cross-checking Minnesota's suitor into the Minnesota net and into the post to give Minnesota the power play. 622 left Vegas goal, Zach Whitecloud from the dot, far side, top corner as Vegas go around the horn. 724 left in the third Vegas goal. Yanmark second. A slot wrister put far side corner over the shoulder blocker side created off of the Vegas forecheck. 
307 left. Vegas's Ian Mark completes the hat trick on a one-on-one race. He battles Minnesota rookie defenseman Kalen Addison for a loose puck in Minnesota's defensive zone, dives with the stick to redirect the puck for the empty net goal. Big saves. Vegas goalie Flurry 323 into the first stops Minnesota's Nick Bukestad off the rush. 620 left pad stop on Minnesota's Parisi driving to the net on a Vegas turnover on the Minnesota forecheck. 55 seconds left stops Minnesota's Zuccarello's high slot wrister. 259 to the second makes a poke check on Minnesota's Matt Dumba in tight after Dumba forces a Vegas defensive zone turnover. 252 left, save on Minnesota's Nico Sturm as he wires a slot shot off the cycle. 747 into the third, stops Minnesota's Kevin Fiala's slot shot off Minnesota offensive zone pressure. Minnesota goalie Talbot, 111 into the first, glove save on Vegas's Mark Stone on a two-on-one. 723 in, stops Vegas's Riley Smith in close. 206 left in the second, a glove save, 4 on 4 on Vegas's Shea Theodore's 2 on 1 keep from the circle. 819 left stops Vegas's William Carlson's short side top of paint try. 513 left, pad save on Vegas's Jonathan Marsha shows 2 on 1 keep with Smith, who misses the rebound chance. Vegas goalie Flurry, 2 goals against, 18 saves for the win. Minnesota goalie Talbot, 5 goals against, 28 saves in the loss. Post crossbars and big defensive plays, I really should add a in-game injury section. It would have been useful for this series. 535 into the first, Vegas's Awa on the forecheck in Minnesota's defensive zone hits Minnesota Jonas Brodeen on the numbers and his head goes into the glass as the first contact with the boards. That ends Brodeen's night. He played one minute, 56 seconds in the game. And Minnesota played Game 7 with five defensemen after that point. No penalty on the play. We interrupt this game summary to share Wes McCauley and Gord Dwyer were the referees for this game. 45 seconds into the second, Minnesota's Kaprizov hits the crossbar far side off the rush. Fights, 2.51 left in the second, Minnesota's Bukestad and Vegas's Hegg get two for roughing while a high stick penalty isn't called on Vegas. Six minutes into the third, scrum after a stoppage as four players all get two-minute rough penalties as Minnesota's Erickson Eck and Jordan Greenway and Vegas's Marcia Show and Smith all get matching penalties. Shots on goal, 34-20 Vegas. Block shots, 20-18 Minnesota. Hits, 53-49 for Minnesota. Power play, Minnesota 1 for 2. Vegas 0 for 1. Game analysis. Just always seems the two reoccurring themes in Minnesota's losses come up in this game. One, Minnesota gets outscored 3-1 in the second. They were outscored 11-2 through the seven-game series in the second period. Secondly, while they did have one more power play than Vegas for the first game of this series, the sheer number of non-calls against Minnesota was minimum double the two power plays they did get in the game. This series went seven games despite both those things that either of them being more favorable could have led to Minnesota winning one more game and the series. It was that close despite the Game 7 final score. The series overall analysis continuing on. If you take out the 11-2 goal differential of the second periods that Vegas had an advantage, what you are left with is Minnesota having 11 goals for and Vegas 9 goals for in the other periods. It's a 
0.5 goal differential if we take away the empty net goals in favor of Vegas as well, if you look at it that way. However, the issue of allowing goals against in the second period for Minnesota that was identified long before the playoffs as an issue of concern for Minnesota is still a big reason for the series loss. Close enough, in fact, that more favorable officiating could have turned out to be an advantage, not a disadvantage for Minnesota. It's not that Minnesota didn't have as good or better special teams. It's simply they didn't get the calls to take advantage of them more reflective of the non-calls littered throughout this series. I will give credit to Vegas for their transition game that especially cost Minnesota in the long line change second periods. But Vegas certainly got away with more, shall we say, should have been sent to the box of punishment liberties. It's kind of playing to Vegas's hockey identity. Using the preview template, let's break down and look at the keys to the series. The goaltending matchup, the expected starters played all seven games in the series. Minnesota Cam Talbot, 2.45 goals against average, a .923 save percentage, three wins, four losses, two shutouts, 17 goals against, 205 saves. Vegas goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury, 1.77 goals against average, a .931 save percentage, four wins, three losses, one shutout, 12 goals against, 161 saves. To me, a series doesn't go seven games without both teams' goalies playing outstanding, as was the case in the series. The goalie that lost the series had one more shutout in the series than the winning goalie. Cam Talbot with two to Marc-Andre Fleury's one. Also, when you think of whether the goalies elevated their game in the playoffs, you can notice that both goalies' goals against average went down and their respective save percentages up from the regular season. While it is easy to give the nod to Vegas's Marc-Andre Fleury for winning the extra game over the course of the series, it was Minnesota's Talbot who made 44 more saves in the series. There was the expectation that Vegas would outshoot Minnesota through the series, although that simply wasn't game-by-game game an actuality. Overall, it was a plus-51 shot-on-goal advantage for Vegas. That also didn't translate to the team with the most shots-on-goal winning games. In fact, four of the seven games, it was the team with the fewer shots-on-goal that ended up winning the game, each team winning over the other twice in the series with fewer shots-on-goal. In fact, what Minnesota's Talbot stats don't reflect is Minnesota's defensive struggles and that second-period goal differential that probably more explains the series' loss. To me, the goaltending was good enough to win the series for Minnesota. Vegas's goaltending was a touch better. Another reason supporting this is neither goalie was chased during a game, nor did either team not stick with their starting goalies. Both these teams have a capable backup they could have turned to, yet neither team did. There wasn't a reason to do that because of the quality performances from both Flurry and Talbot. The key matchup I asked in the preview, not of Minnesota Talbot's ability, but his durability for this series, as the expectation would be he would be facing more shots than Vegas's Flurry. Vegas, at 32.1 shots on goal per game, kept very close to their regular season 32.7 shots on goal per game total. 
Minnesota dropped to 24.9 shots on goal average per game compared to the regular season when it was 28.3. I think Minnesota's Talbot handled the workload while Flurry's edge wasn't much with Minnesota getting less chances. The actual quality chances by both teams was there each night, and the goalie with the big save at the right time picked up the win. The defense. This seven-game series took its toll on the D groups for both teams, and much like the goaltending, I don't think there was a sizable advantage to either team over the other positionally at defense. However, the winning team Vegas should be collectively given a slight edge here. For Minnesota, Matt Dumba, minus one, and Jonas Brodine, even, of Minnesota's top four were the closest to the plus-minus-plus players, while bottom pair defenseman Ian Cole led the D group in plus-minus at plus-six. Jarrett Spurgeon and Ryan Suter did not fare as good at minus-six and minus-four, respectively. Also, the real containment issue wasn't so much the Vegas forecheck or cycle. Vegas did have some success in that area, But the more costly Vegas goals were off the rush, in transition, and quick ups for odd man rushes and clear or partial breakaways that Vegas fed on in this series. Vegas's Game 4 win is a prime example here of what I'm talking about with Waugh's first goal, Tuck's goal, and Stone's shorthanded goal, all created by success off the rush. I talked about the second period goal differential and those Vegas goals with the long line change with speed through the neutral zone were a big part of Vegas's success. Likewise, Minnesota needed to eliminate pressure often, so they iced the puck, and it did allow for Vegas to score off face-off wins while tired Minnesota players had to remain on the ice. While this is a team defensive stat, not a defensive group stat, Minnesota had 140 to 114 block shots through the series. Minnesota averaged 20 per game to Vegas's 16.3. This was a stat the teams were 1-2 and two in during the regular season. Carson Soucy was limited to four games played in the series due to an undisclosed injury, missing the last three. Minnesota coach Dean Evison turned to rookie Kalen Addison, who dressed in only three regular season games, over vet Brad Hunt, who played 12 regular season games for Soucy's spot. Soucy was minus one in his four games plays, as was Addison in his three games played. Game seven, when Brodeen leaves early due to injury, listed now as his shoulder, Minnesota was down a top 4D with a rookie now as the fifth defenseman. It added to Suter, Dumba, Spurgeon, and Cole having to see a lot more time on ice in that final deciding game. That also might explain the goal differential in the Game 7 second period. That was the difference in Vegas winning. For Vegas, only three of their anticipated top four played all seven games. Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, and Alex Martinez. Petro and Theodore were plus three, but Martinez was plus one, the lowest plus minus for the Vegas defensive group. Brady McNabb played the first four games before he was put on the COVID protocol-related absence list. He was a plus three in those four games. The starting bottom pair, Zach Whitecloud, played all seven games. He was a plus three, while Nicholas Hag played five games. And Nick Holden, who played only 17 games during the regular season for Vegas, played five games of the series as well. Both those players ended up plus two. Dylan Coughlin, who played 29 games during the regular season, like Hunt, the seventh expected defenseman, didn't see game action. 
What did Minnesota do good against the Vegas D? To me, they found a way to have a net front presence and score on rebounds through screens and just made life difficult for Flurry to get to make stops. Vegas wasn't strong in taking away Minnesota from going to the net or setting up shot net front to generate goals. Examples of this for Minnesota would be Greenway going to the net for the Game 5 game-winning goal or Parisi's backhand through his legs in Game 7 parked all alone net front with the time to score. Minnesota losing Brodeen in Game 7 was the biggest one-game challenge for either team to defensively overcome, and that one Minnesota wasn't able, but all in all through the first six, I didn't feel a team was defensively stronger than the other. They had different weaknesses for the respective offenses to exploit. The added offense from the defense edge does go to Vegas. Again, it's a collective D-group effort for both teams. Vegas with three goals, 14 points from defensemen to Minnesota's one goal, 11 points, makes Vegas the clear-cut offense added from the defense winner. Martinez, who does his damage from the dot on the short side one-timers, mostly on the power play, had a goal in the series. White Cloud and Hag, the other two. Matt Dumba, the lone goal scorer for the Minnesota D group. If you looked at the top three per team, defense point comparison minnesota's dumba spurgeon and brodeen's nine points were better than vegas's petriangelo theodore and martinez combined six points yet every d that played for vegas in this series had points in games played in fact it's vegas's injury replacement bottom pair defenseman nick holden who was with four assists in five games played the leader of all d-men in points in this series Likewise, only bottom pair replacement for Minnesota, Addison, gets a point for the Minnesota side, while bottom pair Cole in seven games played and Susie in his four games played were held pointless. The two key matchups, Minnesota's Jared Spurgeon versus Vegas's Shea Theodore. I said in the preview, while neither D-man was the leading goal getter for the respective teams in the regular season, if one of these two had a better overall series, then that could be a difference maker. I said in the preview, I'm not sure, as it's more probable they both just play as great as they consistently do. Spurgeon's three assists, 21 block shots, a minus six, plus minus, to Theodore's two assists, 10 block shots, and a plus three, plus minus. I think they consistently both were steady and good in this series. Spurgeon's minus six is simply a reflection of Vegas's off-the-rush goals, although appreciate he had 11 more block shots in the series, while Theodore, who is talked about as the big added value offensively for Vegas, was quiet, and I think he had his own defensive end and forecheck issues caused by Minnesota's offense. The other matchup, Minnesota's Matt Dumba versus Vegas's Alex Petriangelo. Dumba had one goal, Minnesota defenseman's lone goal again, and two assists, while Petrangelo had three assists, looking at the offensive contribution by the D-men first, because, well, that's all it seems anyone wants to pay attention to. Dumba had 20 block shots, 13 hits, and was forced into a fight with Martinez after his clean open ice hit as part of his larger take of the penalties. Petriangelo had 14 block shots, 13 hits, and had the OT defensive zone turnover that Minnesota's lone goal in the game one OT win. I'm a big fan of Petro. 
I don't hide that. However, in this series, I feel Matt Dumba of the two was more impactful in a positive way for his team. Not to the point of the series changing the results better for Minnesota. I just think Dumba had a better series. Collectively, Vegas's D group was better. Going to the offense, Minnesota. For the Minnesota, the theme of goal scoring by committee existed all season. In this series, Vegas used the same formula to get the additional offense 5-on-5 five five to win the series and that slight goal for the D group edge to win in seven games. Minnesota's best line in the series was Joe Erickson Eck, two goals, three points. Jordan Greenway, one goal, three points. Marcus Foligno, two assists. Yet it didn't match Vegas's Mark Stone's four goals, five points. Alex Tuck's three goals, five points. Chandler Stevenson's five assists. And that even if we take away Stone's empty net goal, it still works out to be double the goal production. It's not a knock on Minnesota's best line. They played a great series. However, goal production, if we think of these as each team's top lines, Vegas had an edge. That edge to Vegas, Minnesota wasn't able to make up in the other scoring that they had. Minnesota's game breakers aren't line mates, making it less simple to break down as Kirill Kaprizov's two goals, three points, with Matt Zuccarello on his wing, three assists. And we'll put Ryan Hartman at center with his two goals. While looking at Vegas's William Carlson's four points, Riley Smith and Jonathan Marsha shows three points, all with a goal each. This three forward set has Minnesota up a goal. Now, I hardly want to call Minnesota game breaker Kevin Fiala secondary scoring. He had a power play goal, three points. His goal total is matched by a returning Max Patch ready in game seven with a goal and patch ready is a top six player so essentially i don't want to put this loss on fiella his one goal in the series we can quickly cancel out with patch readies so i want to say essentially the goal scoring by committee to win this series for minnesota kind of all at least of the minnesota players needed to score another goal each whether that's Eck, Kaprizov, Zuccarella, Fiala, Greenway, you get the idea they needed more. You're not pinning it just on Fiala. Now, secondary scoring, that is left, which is really secondary scoring. Notably, Zach Parisi plays four games to replace the injured Marcus Johansson. Parisi has two goals, three points in the four games played, while Johansson was pointless in three games. The injury helped bridge the gap for Minnesota. Minnesota won two of the Parisi games. They did lose the other two. Minnesota had a goal from Nick Bustack and an empty net goal from Nico Sturm. So without the empty net goal for Minnesota, we'll count their secondary forward scoring at three and Vegas's Nicholas Waugh, two goals, four points, and Matthias Janmark's big game seven, three goals, six points, is equal to that total. The reason I say it's equal includes two Vegas empty net goals. Therefore, their total is also three goals. Notably, Minnesota's Nick Benino and Victor Rast were pointless in seven games played. I'm surprised that both those two players were. Essentially, minus empty net goals, there is a plus five goal differential in favor of Vegas. Keep in mind, two of those goals additionally were from the defense contributing to the offense. So really, from a forward perspective, it's a three-goal difference. It's that close. Explains the goaltending numbers being 
fairly equally good between the goalies. Minnesota still, by committee, got their scoring, but they were out-committed, scoring goals enough to fall in seven games, and the goals often came in the second period for Vegas. Now, the goal-scored metrics for the regular season favored Vegas 3.39 to Minnesota's 3.21. Let's take both teams' empty net goals away in the series and see the goal scored for this seven-game series. Vegas 2.42 to Minnesota's 1.71. Only two games in the series, Vegas had plus four even-strength goals, and they were shut out twice. Minnesota had one game in the series with three even-strength goals scored by comparison. The goal scoring was less. Key offensive matchups, Minnesota's Joe Arksonek versus Vegas's Mark Stone. I would say the line matchup has more value, but these two guys are talked about for the Selkie Trophy this year, so I did this as a head-to-head, and I've excluded the empty net goals. Minnesota Eck, two goals, one assist, three points, six block shots, 32 hits, two penalty minutes, two-minute rough. That was a coincidental minor, i.e. it resulted in no power play. Vegas's Stone, three goals, one assist, four points, one block shot, 17 hits, zero penalty minutes. Offensive production-wise, Stone, without the empty net goal, still, with Tuck, has the most goals with three apiece in the series for either team. Defensively, and for hits, Erickson Eck was all-around better, while only scoring one less goal. It's to say Minnesota's Greenway also had to outperform Vegas's Tuck in this series, it seems to be. The other matchup, I had Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov versus Vegas's Jonathan Marchishow. You can give a slight nod to Minnesota rookie Kaprizov in this head-to-head as he had two goals, three points, two Vegas's Marchishow's one goal. These two usual game-breakers didn't materialize to greatly impact the outcome of the series. Vegas's Janmark in Game 7 and Minnesota's Parisi in four games played arguably would have made better choices for the forwards that impacted this series more if you could have predicted that off the top. Special teams, Minnesota was 2 for 9, 22.2%. Vegas, 2 for 17, 11.8% on the power play. Minnesota was 88.2%, Vegas 77.8% on the penalty kill. This is another area where Minnesota could have found a way to win. Minnesota scored the same number of power play goals as Vegas. Minnesota's power play percentage is better because they had eight less power play chances to score the same number of power play goals. Vegas, certainly as reflected in the game summaries, got away with getting time in the sin bin. Here's the hard goals special teams kicker, however. Vegas, with the lone shorthanded goal in the series, actually has a special team goal edge, 3-2, to two, because of that shorthanded goal, even with all the additionally squandered power play advantages they didn't score on. The coaches, Minnesota Dean Evason, Vegas's Peter DeBoer. Vegas's DeBoer is now 6-0 when coaching Game 7s. DeBoer's insertion of defenseman Nick Holden was more impactful than Minnesota coach Evison's bringing in Addison from a pure point perspective, although it's not truly a fair comparison because of the players' varying games played. Also, does Evison get credit for Parisi coming in with the Johansson injury, or should we ask 
by Parisi's performance, why the coach didn't have him at the very start of the series in all the games. The playoff coaching experience of DeVore came into play for Vegas in this series because it went the distance. It still doesn't take away from the tremendous job Minnesota coach Everson did in the regular season that, to me, makes him the only choice for the Jack Adams Award. Final thoughts. If you are a Vegas fan, we will continue their cup journey as they match up for the West Division final against President's Trophy winning Colorado. I won't lie, I was hoping for an all 2021-22 Central Division team West Division final. However, as Colorado, like Minnesota, is a focused podcast team, that is why we will continue to cover Vegas playing against them. For Minnesota, we will have a team-focused podcast to look at the overall season as planned for all the teams that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22. Minnesota will be after the eliminated playoff teams by reverse order. Minnesota's regular season point total was second only to Colorado, so they will follow Nashville as only Winnipeg who upset Edmonton and advanced and Colorado remain in this year's playoffs. Minnesota's regular season success is why they are the last team of the teams that fell in the first round this year because we're going by reverse order. My prediction for the series was Minnesota in seven. The result was Vegas in seven. I got two series right in the West by the games needed to advance at least. Unfortunately, I got one of the advancing teams right But don't let the Game 7 final score fool you. This series between Vegas and Minnesota was as close as they get. Let's leave you with a quote from Vegas coach Peter DeBoer. And I quote, We knew it was going to be a really tough series, DeBoer said. I guess that's what you get for tying for the most points in the league, is to get an opponent like that referencing Minnesota. Vegas' reward for defeating Minnesota is playing the team that tied them for the most points in the league in the league during the regular season in Colorado. You can check out our Central Division Hockey, the podcast, West Division Preview Podcast for more on that.